Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. cinnamon rollers welcome what's up how's it going uh big big update here great uh well really just more behind the scenes look into our lives okay yesterday we were supposed to record this That's episode correct. we were gonna record so four hours before pulled a cinnamon roll out of the freezer i've got a pre-packaged individual individual cinnamon rolls cinnamon pre, roll. pre-made that i made weeks ago right. uh i thought it out I ate it. It was delicious. Getting ready to chat because I've been talking about muffins. We're talking about biscuits. Like, who am I? This is for the cinnamon rollers. Yeah, you need to go back to the original. Now, am I going to tell you that this cinnamon roll thawed out, heated up in the microwave, which is our magic kitchen box, was as good as it is the day that I make them fresh? No. No. That would be a lie. That would be like what, Caroline? That would be like grabbing a Cinnabon right. from an airport Cinnabon, yeah. leaving it in your car for the three-day weekend trip. Right in the back of your pickup and then truck. You pick, and then you get home from the airport and you eat it. Eat it. And you, that you would be that? like you saying it's the same as fresh. It's not. It's not. Also, let's go to Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Okay. Why do they not call it Cinnabon? It it's should be cin- Cinnabon. It's Cinnabon? I think they're trying to be French. Oh. Yeah. But it's not working. What is Bon in French? Uh, the I think it's good. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, au bon pan is to the good food. Oh, like food? bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. So anyway, cinnamon rollers. I had a cinnamon roll. Uh, also, I looked up a recipe for cardamom buns because I saw Cinnamon it, buns? Cardamom buns. And uh, I think I might try those. But I, in our last grocery order, I tried to get cardamom. We don't go to the grocery store because we're afraid of COVID deathly. I don't think I like cardamom. Uh, probably not. It's spiceful. Probably not. But they were out. And even the nice little shopper was a like, cardamom? I looked everywhere. Yeah, big cardamom boom right now. <laughs> no, so, a shortage, not a boom. You know how like uh, non-fungible tokens are going crazy right now? Yeah. Cardamom, going Guys, crazy. invest in cardamom. <laughs> Get your cardamom <laughs> tokens. The, the demand is going to be through the roof What soon. do you got? I got Bitcoin. I got, I got Ethereum, Ethereum. I got cardamom. I got a cardamom. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start a cryptocurrency card called cardamom. Yeah. And it's also called Call Your Mom. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, let's get into this episode. That's the preamble for you guys, short and sweet, because we have a lot we actually want to go wait, over. I do want to give a quick life update, just because we've been doing these preambles, and we've been okay. like, oh, stuff sucks, and it has, oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But some of you might be happy to know that things are back on track. We're yeah. back on track, you guys. My dad, he is still in the hospital, but he has recovered from the... We just assume he's moving in now. He's getting yeah, his yeah, three yeah. squares a he day. He loves it. He's got friends. He's, he's friends with <laughs> all the nurses. Like, it's he, he has a view of the helicopter pad. He's okay. very entertained, yeah. okay? Yeah. But he, you know, it had a little bit of a weak setback, had a curveball of a, a bout of pneumonia. Pneumonia. Pneumonia, as we yeah. call it. Yeah. But he's okay. And he's now working on titrating down the oxygen. So we're hoping that he's going to be home very soon. Yeah. Um, My shingles... Knock on wood, I think I beat it. Yeah, I think I beat the shingles. If you're not, if you don't know what happened with Carol's shingles, you had in 2018, it was real bad, really, real bad. debilitating. Like when like, I tell you that I went during the process, was like, if I had to go through this again, I would really be in a dark place. Yeah. So when it popped up a couple weekends ago, and you were like, I think this is shingles flaring. I was up. very nervous. I was very yeah. scared. But thankfully, I think the old immune system is well, really and antivirals. We got yeah, an antivirals we, we got very it on, early on it early. Which yep. for anyone out there, keep this in your brain space. 
the earlier you take antivirals when you think you're coming down with shingles, the better. Yeah. Do not wait. Do yeah. not hesitate. Go get them. Yep. I'm not a doctor. I have to say that for legal purposes. I play one on a podcast, though. But I have Googled yeah. this many times. Um, so anyway, that's a life update. And I just wanted to say that. Yeah. And, and why didn't we record yesterday? Because your anxiety kind of like flared up a little bit yesterday. And we were like, hey, hey. we're not going to record. Yeah, we're not. We, we can. We're not playing with fire here, guys. Exactly. Like, if we're not feeling good, we push this thing around. You guys know us. We have podcast recordings set on Tuesdays, yep. so we record it on Sundays. <laughs> we, you can gauge how our week went yes. by how many days the podcast recording gets got pushed. pushed. Yeah, yeah. And this past week, so, Sunday almost, almost <laughs> got pushed Monday. to Sunday. Uh, that's fun. Okay, so let's get into this episode. So a little bit of uh, backstory here. If you don't know what the term marketing bridge is for us, it's basically our way of replacing the term sales funnel, for lack of a better term. It it is other things as well, but we just really dislike using the term sales funnel and like tripwires and like that type of stuff. So we tried to soften it up and talk about what it really is just from an effective standpoint. And the reason why we came up with this whole concept is because Marketing is such a nebulous term for so many people. You're like, what even is marketing? And so we asked ourselves that and said, what are we really saying when we tell people that they need to work on marketing for their business? And what it came down to for us is building a bridge between you and your customer, building a way for them to create a relationship with you with multiple touch points to get from not knowing you at all to, you know, taking a look at your offer and eventually buying your offer. And so that relationship happens over time. And you as the business owner have to build touch points along the way to build that trust. And so the bridge metaphor really made sense to us, um, especially because one of the biggest mistakes we see people make is that they like create an offer and they create a website and they put they put their offer on their website, they create a sales page, and it's just floating in the middle of the ocean, the metaphorical ocean of the internet. Nobody has a way to find out about it. Nobody has a way to get to that island. So you can start to see the picture forming in your head of this entire bridge metaphor. I'm really sad. I had a pop quiz and I was gonna ask you like, what's the one mistake that even us still make to this day? And that was the answer. That's the answer. The answer is you build your island out in the middle of the ocean of the internet. It's your product. It's a great new thing. It's a course. It's a digital planner. It's an ebook. It's a service, whatever it is. And then you have no way of people knowing about it except for the first Instagram post that you posted six months ago. (laughs) And that's it. And this is, this is the creator's dilemma. This is it right here for all of you listening who are awesome, beautiful, little, amazing little creators. You're just like us. You're so happy to make the thing. You spend so much time, but then when it goes to promote it, you like like a snail. Clam up. You just like, oh. suck into your shell. You're like, <laughs> and you're just in there. You're like, hey, hey, I can't come out because it's salty out there, and I'm not gonna make it. I wish they could I see might, my face. I might shrivel up. And I might shrivel up if I promote the thing that I love that I made. I spent so many hours. Yeah, on. that's you. You it's salty sail, you snail. You salty snail. Sales to snail. Yeah. So this is this is our goal in this podcast episode and with this marketing bridge metaphor is to hopefully help you get some ideas of ways you can do marketing other than just this nebulous thing. I mean, like do marketing, like actually have some, some ways. So we have, we have 13 of them that we wrote. We're not going to go over all 13 in depth. We have an, uh, an article. If you want to go to wanderingamefully.com slash marketing, you can read all these. We'll, we'll mention that article multiple times. It'll be in the description as well, but I just wanted to preface 
you know, that again of like where you're going to find a list. Yeah, and we'll go through each of these as an idea, talk a little bit about it. Some are, you know, we start out very foundational and then we get a little bit more like, oh, different and unique. Went wild. Went wild, if you will. (laughs) Okay. Um, But what we really wanted out of this episode is not only to give you this idea, this very foundational idea of marketing, um, so that in the future, whenever you're like, gosh, nobody's getting to my offer, nobody's buying my thing, you always come back to this marketing bridge idea and you go, what is the journey that I'm taking people on? And that's where you start to see the pitfalls that you just have to plug up those holes and go, okay, I need to build in some type of email sequence or I need to build in some type of bridge from to get them from social media to my email list, whatever that is. And we'll go into that. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I just want the ideas to start flowing to yeah. you. If you feel like you're stagnant right now, if you feel like you're not getting sales and you want to come up with some different ideas that you can experiment with. Yeah. And I hope as well, I think a lot of people listening to this, ooh, wow, there's some drama that just happened. Guys, I just realized I left my water jug on the other side of the room. Yeah. It's okay. I just got to hope I don't get a little... Are you going to try and crawl over there and get it? No, we are so folded and tight on the couch (laughs) right now. You want to try? It could be a fun thing for me to like, you no, know. No, right. I really don't. If I get desperate, I will, but I don't have to want share to. my water. Ew, no. Gross. God, what, what are we married? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really hope that there are many of you listening to this who walk away or whatever from this episode and you're, you go, oh yeah, I did just have a sales page and one Instagram post about my offer. Now I feel like I have like three ideas of what I can do and I know the first one I'm going to start with. And Mm -hmm. that would really be, I think, an amazing just takeaway from this episode of anybody who's listening. And even if you have a bunch of different marketing things you're doing, just to know, okay, these are the next couple of things I can try because I think that's what really sucks people into their snail shell of promotion because they feel like they just are doing the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I'm just putting up a story on Instagram to promote this launch of this thing. And then that's it. That's mm-hmm. the only way that you promote it. So where do you want to start? Okay. Um, we kind of went into the metaphor, right? So we don't need to rehash that, but let's just, let's just solidify, solidify in your mind, the picture, the yeah. visual that we're imagining here. Yeah. So I want you to imagine that your online business is an Island. Okay. Okay. Picture it. It's got a palm tree. That's yeah. the Island. That's your online business. It's in the middle of the internet ocean. Now, your offer is the castle that you build on your island. It's shiny. It's beautiful. You're like, yes. And if people get through the front door of that castle, that's them. They're paying you money. There's a price of admission on this castle, okay? And so you're like, yes, welcome to my castle. And you're so excited about your castle because you've spent all this time on it. Now, again, we said in the middle of the ocean. Your, where are your potential customers? I know. Where are they, Jason? They're on the mainland. They're on the mainland. Yeah. They are on the land way across the ocean from your island. They are hustling and bustling on Instagram. They're hustling and bustling on YouTube. They check out blogs. They're just, they're bebopping all over the internet. Pinterest, maybe. But they don't even know yeah. that your island exists. Exactly. Okay? So that's where they're hanging out. Now, the question is, how are we going to let them know that you exist. Well, your marketing strategy is the bridge that you build between the mainland where your potential customers are and your island. Wow. All right. And what is that made out of? Well, first, we're going to put up some billboards on the mainland. We're okay. going to say, hey, check out this bridge. Yeah. Turn left yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. These billboards are like the, the places that you go where people are hanging out that you say, I exist. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, that is having an Instagram account. That is potentially putting up some great SEO videos on YouTube. It's just how are people finding you first yep. before they're ever aware of you? Yep. And then once you get their attention with this billboard and you say, hey, I exist, what's the next invitation to invite them down this bridge over to your castle? 
it, that's what we're going to talk about yep. in these different bridges. Is yep. it a newsletter? Yep. Is it a workshop? Is it a, these yep. are all examples of marketing bridges. But the idea is you get their attention and then you invite them to a deeper connection to build trust. Yeah. And I think the really important thing to think about here is anyone listening to this is probably already creating content on Instagram. They are already writing blog posts. They're already putting YouTube videos up. They're already sending out email newsletters. Whatever Maybe you're not doing. all of those. No, just... but but it, you're recording a podcast. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're, you're creating content. And the goal with these marketing bridges that we're going to talk about, these different examples, is it's a way to get those people who you already have some attention to over onto your email list or in front of your offering offer or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, All right. For sure. So what are where are we starting? Okay. We're starting with a classic tried the, and true. The classic yeah. tried and true. Yeah. The newsletter. Yeah. You've heard about it. Yeah. We've talked about it many a time. You think it's passe. It's not. It's not. It is the backbone of your marketing bridge. Tell them how many figs we make every year with our email newsletter. Six. Thank you. <laughs> That's Off how, the top of my head. That is how important we are and everyone needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we no, but I, I, pat ourselves on the Okay, no, so we, we really we don't, don't like to preach the six figs thing. We don't do the, like, look how much money we make and all that stuff. But just to set the stage for you so that you understand, we run a business that is pretty much solely through email newsletter content. Every single Monday, that email has gone out for years. That makes us multiple six figures every year basically just through that email newsletter. Correct. I just want people to know that because in a time when TikTok and Clubhouse and like our last episode, we talked about all the shiny new things, like we don't use any of those things and our business runs nice and smooth so and possible. we control it. So it is very possible. It is very doable. Might it take you a little bit longer than like jumping on some new fancy thing that's quicker and faster? Sure. But it is the tried and true for a reason and it's a good foundational piece. Yeah, and I think it's a I think it's a non-negotiable. Honestly, yeah. for an online business, I think it's a non-negotiable because building trust with an audience takes time. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't be one of these people who, you know, starts on social media and builds that audience, but your newsletter is so much more in your own sandbox, as our friend Paul Jarvis says. Like you know, if Instagram went down tomorrow, yeah, it's your own playground. It's your own playground. Yeah. And so if Instagram went down tomorrow and you didn't have a, a newsletter and you're somebody who's really primarily building, you're putting up those quote unquote billboards using Instagram, you're kind of like screwed. So yeah. it, that newsletter is key to get people in a place where they are raising their hand to say, I want content from you on a weekly or an every other week or a monthly, whatever you can commit to and be consistent with, start there. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people, and I see this because I do a lot of like one-on-ones with our Wandering Gameplay members, is they're like, oh, a, I'm not a good writer, and B, it takes me forever to, to write a newsletter. And so the first thing I tell them is like, great, if writing is not your strong suit, then maybe you should be dictating via audio to then have the written newsletter if you mm -hmm. want to do it that way. That's a little life hack for you. The second thing is there is no reason your newsletter has to be long. Yeah. Your newsletter can be short to the point. Um, the, the one thing that I would say, and this is just my personal opinion, is I don't know anybody who runs an online business and their newsletter is just a bunch of roundup links of other things. It needs to be your thoughts. It needs to be your stories, your experiences. And yes, you can bring in helpful links. You can bring in other things. But the reason why people buy from you is because they trust you. Mm -hmm. And trusting you is not built on just sharing links of other things. It's your experiences, stories, and things they can relate to. For sure. And I think the key with a newsletter is also being crystal clear on who your target audience is and asking yourself what will they find valuable? Yep. What will they want to open every week when when they open it? So newsletter, we know that that sounds boring, but it is 
the thing that a lot of people just don't want to do and it's yeah. like the most important thing yeah. and also if you're listening to this episode and this is the moment where you're like you know what Ugh, i am gonna finally start a newsletter send us an email hello at wanderinginfo.com and i want you to tell us Ugh, i am finally starting a newsletter yes we yeah. would love to know that you that this was finally this was the, turning the, point. the impetus to making that happen wow babe thank you word, word of, of the, the day, day. go on next one Okay, marketing bridge number two. This is for a lot of our service-based uh, business owners out there. This is the consultation. Yes. A lot of you are probably already doing this, but if you're new getting started and you're trying to get a service-based business off the ground, having some sort of marketing bridge to say, hey, let's set up like a free coffee chat or let's set up a free phone call or a free Zoom, um, you know, and you, and you get to decide what you want that process to look like. So I don't know, does somebody need to fill out a survey before yep. you get them on the phone or on a call so that you're not just wasting your time? Then do that. Yep. But also I think it's powerful. There's some different like remixes on this idea that could be powerful. I think we, we tell people to experiment a lot of times with some sort of like, um, enter your details and I'll deliver to you a one page recommendations, yep. right. It's to, to demonstrate your expertise. Let's say you're like a social media marketing person. Well, if someone fills out a survey and you say, here are my top three recommendations of how I could up your social media game, let's get on the phone and I can walk you through all of them. It's really like leading with value, leading yep. with your expertise. Um, these are, you know, ideas that you can kind of riff on for the consultation. Yeah. I think there's probably, Three really important things I want to hit home with the consultation idea. Yep. One is absolutely put a starting budget in the form that they fill out. Yep. Because what you don't want to do is spend time getting on calls with people, especially because who wants to be on more Zoom calls than you have to this year? Right. And know that, okay, my starting price for my you know design package or social media package is $1,500. Mm-hmm. So I'm just starting there. Anybody who fills that out and says that they can meet that budget Great. That's awesome. And you can do budget ranges, right? You could say like, oh, my monthly budget is a thousand to two thousand, you know, two thousand about. And and if you want to have something less than that, this is getting a little bit ahead of things, but maybe you have a digital product that's like less than five hundred dollars that service based people can use to basically say like, hey, well, teach yourself my process that I use. If you can't afford me to do the work for you, here's how you can do it yourself. But anyway, so number one is making sure you have that that buffer for, mm-hmm. for that thing. The second thing is, is in your mind understand that every call you do is not going to convert Yep. because this is the thing where people get so discouraged. And I know because I used to do a ton of this type of stuff, I would get so discouraged after the third call when someone didn't get someone didn't buy. Instead, the way to reframe this is you're building a Rolodex of people who have shown interest in you, but right now is not the right time for either you or them. And so you basically start to build this Rolodex so that when things get tough, you know, a year from now or whatever, and you have some lean times in your business, you have a list of people you can email and go, hey, is now a good time Mm -hmm. to talk about this business? Like, are you in a better place? Do you have the budget for Mm -hmm. it? Whatever. And the other thing that it really helps condition you for is, yes, of course you need these people to buy. You're running a business, but it doesn't keep you in this place of scarcity with every call you have to convert. And that's, again, when you go into the like the sucked in snails mode where you just feel afraid to sell because you feel like you have to land the deal as yeah. opposed to just being helpful and just being yep. honest and just being on the call. Yeah. And really concentrating on what their pain points are and being a source of alleviating that pain yep. rather than focusing so hard on selling and yep. really just like having that person that you're on the call with fall in love with the solutions that you can bring them. Yep. And then the third, I don't think you said the third thing, but no. I'll say the third thing for you, which Ooh. is the follow-up. Yes. Okay. That is really where the consultation shines. It's in the follow-up. 
what are you going, what deliverable are you going to be able to deliver them as an opportunity to keep the conversation going yep. and show them that you're going above and beyond to deliver value? Yep. Again, this is always going to be a time trade-off for you service-based businesses. You have to find this balance between, you know, over-delivering to really try and hit home your value without spending all your time in your business chasing down these leads. Yep. Only you can decide what that that kind of trade-off is but the follow-up is key um understanding that it is a numbers game i also think that you could experiment with you know i think the way that we laid it on the article is much more of like have a contact form on your website it's really about getting people from your website to a bridge but i also want to say that if you are having a heavy presence on social media don't be afraid to try to again remix this idea into something to get that social media traffic into a consultation absolutely so is it some type of answer these three questions in your story to get people into the dms to set up a call you know is it oh give me your website and your handle and i'll deliver a one pager with some recommendations and then we can hop on a call so like what are some different um ideas that you can spin this and maybe experiment with it and bonus number four For our super introverts out there who don't want to get on calls, you do not have to get on calls. Absolutely. There are plenty of people who will pay you money based on you delivering the one pager, as you said, and it's showing them the results. And then you just saying like, this costs $1,500 and I'll do it. And and that is an absolute possibility. So if you're someone who's just deathly afraid of getting on sales calls, then don't do them. And get creative. Like maybe you're afraid of doing a, this is me. Maybe you're more afraid of doing like a live call where somebody might like catch you off guard and ask you a question right. that you don't know the answer to or something. That was always like my fear. I was like, yeah. ah. Um, but maybe you're okay and comfortable with recording your voice or your video on your end to talk about your own work. Yeah. Right? So you yeah. could do that. Like you could have your one page document, record a short three minute video so that they can hear how confident you are in your expertise, hear all of your recommendations straight from your voice, deliver to them a video. And they'll they'll be blown away. We did this with um, our, you know, this is kind of a riff on this idea. But when we were doing, leading up to one of our launches, we did these website before and afters. And so I took people, I I asked for people who really wanted website recommendations, looked at their website, did a quick redesign of some things I would change with three changes and recorded my screen with an audio voiceover and delivered it to them. And like, they were blown away. And that really built trust and got them onto our marketing bridge and, you know, led to our launch. So Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, we want to keep going because we got to get to some of these juicy ones, the wet and wild ones. You know what I mean? I don't really know where you got that, but sure. (laughs) Um, Marketing bridge number three. Again, these are now going to start to build on each other. So the the newsletter is like a a foundation, but marketing bridge number three is the lead magnet blueprint. Right. So this is really building on the newsletter idea. You want to have a newsletter on the back end of this, but you've heard this many times. A lead magnet is just offering something of value to entice someone to give you their email address and then get on your newsletter yep yeah so we we actually do this as a surprise but we've done it many different ways over the years where it's like get my 37 business tips that you need to run a calm business you know just like a pdf idea just throughout there and someone would enter their email to get that pdf you email them the pdf and then they're on your newsletter and you of course are very transparent about that you let them know like oh every monday i'm going to send you the wandering weekly newsletter and i'm going to give you more tips on how to run your business you know and feel calm and stress-free right so yeah the lead magnet thing i I really think that this is one of those that everyone thinks has been overdone to death yeah and there's a reason why it's been overdone is because it works yeah so don't be afraid to have 
don't do a immediate pop-up, but like a scroll 50% of your site and then have a pop-up that comes up or an exit intent window that someone read an article about how to run their business and you have a PDF that's a 37 ideas that as they're about to leave, it pops up and says like, hey, do you wanna get this PDF before you go that like gives you my best stuff? That will work probably 30% of the time because that's just like industry standard on how well exit intents work. Yeah, I think the most important thing to understand about this one is that we're now living in a more mature online ecosystem where people are on like hundreds of newsletter lists, right? They're getting offers from retail places. They're getting information. They're getting all of these different things. And no longer am I just going to like haphazardly enter my email to maybe get updates from someone anymore. It's not... There has to be an exchange of value because email addresses and permission to market to me has become so valuable, me as the consumer. So remember that when you're coming up with these opt-in forms on your website, you know, now let's say you've, you've, don't worry about this if you're not even in the newsletter camp yet, like just start simple. But if you're ready to kind of layer on the next level, remember what would get someone excited to enter their email address what would feel worth it for them put yourself in their shoes and say what do i sign up for you know start to pay attention to the pop-ups or the email kind of signups that you see that you're enticed to sign up for and ask yourself what was it that got me to to feel like it was worth it and then do, do that on your own site also a pro tip on your actual forms where this thing pops up the title of this thing is the problem that you're solving mm-hmm. so it's like are you stressed and overwhelmed with your social media content plan that's the problem the solution is get enter your email below to get 30 prompts. days of prompts for your social media plan you know w- without being stressed out yeah that is your problem solution for any lead magnet form really any email newsletter form but just if you're if you're stuck on that or you flip them, they need to be the other way. The problem needs to be prominent. Then your solution is kind of the, the subheading, if you will. Yep. And then um, the last thing I did, did want to say is in our experience, the more tailored your problem solution is to the article that you're right. putting this on, the better. Yep. So you don't have to go crazy building like a custom lead magnet for every single article that you have. But if you have an article about time management tips it would be best and most optimal if your lead magnet on that article was get my 10 best time management like apps for you to hack your life or whatever yeah. those are. Yeah, and if you're like us, I mean, we we really have like five articles that are 80% of our traffic. Yep. And so those five articles, they actually don't have individual lead mags. We talked about creating individual ones, but it's just too much work. So we didn't do it. So I think we have two different lead magnets basically. Yep. And so the ones that are like the more business focused articles, we have our five-step business checklist. Yep. That's our lead magnet for those. And for the other ones that are just kind of more generic, like my social media detox posts, we just use like, we have like a 37. A more lifestyle based yeah, one. Business ideas and lifestyle thing. So it can sound daunting to be like, oh, I have to create all these different ones. I mean, just have two. Yeah, just decide just decide what those big buckets are yeah. that you talk about and, and maybe invest in just creating two of those. And they don't have to be super complicated. Right. The most important thing is that they will help a person solve a problem. Absolutely. And again, put yourself in the shoes of your customer and say, would this be worth it to me? Marketing bridge number four. Number four is the email course blueprint. Yeah. Okay, so this is, again, we're just coming up with different ways to deliver value that somebody feels like is going to be worth it. Um, So this is especially what we use to sell the better branding course. Um, This is somebody lands on the website and they read an article about branding. And then we say, hey, if you want to to discover what your own differentiator is for your brand, 
sign up for this free email course. And that is how we sell that course passively yeah. and have for years. Yeah. And I would say a couple of things that we've really learned about email courses, especially because we've probably done 50 of them by the, by this time now is number one, they need to be a little bit shorter than they used to be. So you used to be able to do like a seven day email course and people would open all the emails. People's attention spans have dwindled. Yep. So like a three to five day email course is, is good. Send the emails every day, one after the other. The other thing I'll say is make them really helpful. Yeah. Because the more that someone gets value from this first experience they have with you, the more likely they are to buy, the more likely they are to trust you. But I know, and you know, listening to this, you have signed up for crappy free email courses. Yeah. And they're the most basic, generic, boring emails. Yep. And it just completely ruins your experience with that person you signed up with that email course for. As opposed to if that person would have just invested a little bit more time and effort and energy, you probably would have been like, I, every email I get, I, I'm excited to open from this yeah. person. What are the two or three tactical specific things that people in your audience tend to resonate with? Right. You know, like little and make them unique. Don't make them like, hey, believe in yourself. Like right. you really want. But that people should believe well, in themselves. Absolutely. absolutely. But, you know, are they, can, what can they be that is specific that people can really go, huh, I hadn't thought about it like right. that, you know? Right. Um, and that's really what you want in that email course. And then of course, of, of course, on the back end of that email course, that is where you have an opportunity to either bridge them over to your newsletter yep. or if it's if you're trying to do a passive evergreen thing yep. maybe throw them a pitch with a, a discount to whatever your product is yeah and we've done this in multiple ways you can do it as simply as in in each email of the email course have a little ps at the bottom that says like hey use promo code you know email blaster uh to get 30 percent <laughs> off and you just have that promo code created in a checkout page um or and you can do both like Caroline said, then have a pitch at the end of that that pitches a paid product so that people have like a limited time offer to buy something at a discount because they went through the email course. Yep. And and just as a, a reiteration of kind of what we were talking about with these marketing bridges in general, it's a really good idea just to put in rotation of your social media promotion, your email newsletter promotion, your website promotion, that you have these things. So like specifically this email course do a story about it on Instagram. Do uh, set up a, an announcement bar across the top of your website that you have this free email course. Uh, post some new pins on Pinterest. Whatever it is, recycle this thing as a piece of uh, marketing content that you promote every couple months. So you make the email course once, and this is for all these blueprints. You make the thing once, but then you promote that thing multiple times. Yep, and what Jason's talking about are what we talked about at the top of this episode, which is billboards. Yes. It's like your bridge, if you build your bridge, that's one thing, but to get people over on the mainland who are going about their business, doing their own thing to get to the bridge, they don't know it exists yet. Right. You have to put up billboards. You have to say, Hey, come check out this bridge that I made. Come do this email course. Come do this quiz, whatever that thing is. Yeah. All right. Marketing bridge numero five. Okay. Number five. This is like a lead magnet, like but an upgrade. Okay, okay, let's do it. So this is the epic post to ebook blueprint. All right. So an idea is if you have, this is especially if you already have an article on your site that's really in depth. Yep. It's, this is kind of our jam. We love going deep on stuff and having these guides that are very, what? What flavor jam? I don't love jam. I know you don't, but if you have to pick a flavor. If I have to pick a you flavor. You have to pick a flavor. Strawberry. Okay. What do you pick? It's a good answer. I think. Ooh, take it back. Big, big jam. Oh. Sorry. So I was going to say, I'll take mango. Oh. <laughs> so you don't like jam? You just ripped off three flavors. <laughs> well, 
I like some jams. All I right. like I like a cheese board jam. So I derailed that way too far that I wanted it to go, but I love you for it. I don't know why I didn't grow up eating peanut butter and jellies. My brother did. I just oh, did I not. Love I was a texture kid. I just did not. A lot love of grape jam jelly texture. growing up, to be honest. Oh, I don't grape know jelly why was we didn't the staple. Have, I don't know why, because it's just a lot of sugar. Yes. Yeah. Fig jam is my choice. The little jar that we get mm-hmm. from the so cheese board with the little like. Okay, let's get back. Texture. <laughs> I I go mango. Is that a thing? What am I thinking of? Chutney. Mango chutney. Yeah. Is mango There's a mango jam. jam. Sure, okay, sure, 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 babe, sure. Anyway. What's marketing bridge number five? <laughs> <laughs> Back to epic post to ebook yes. blueprint. If you have an article that is very in-depth, here's a, an idea. Take the, the body of the actual article, format it in a PDF, yep. and then make your opt-in. Like, hey, are you finding this article helpful? If you want to, you know, keep this in your digital bookshelf and be able to refer to it often, download the PDF version here. It also has like a worksheet or whatever, you know, like maybe make it a little bit more interactive than that. But again, the work is then 75% done for you because you've already written the epic post. I think the thing that holds people back from doing this is people go, well, they just read the post. Why would they want the ebook version of it? Because here's the thing. Ask yourself, when was the last time you went to an epic blog post and you read every word and like remembered it all? Yeah. You don't. No. You want someone to offer up the version that you can put that on your, your desktop with your 73,000 other icons. Yeah. And click it open when you go, oh, you know what? I do want that article about, you know, or that ebook about this thing that I'm trying to set up. Let me click that open and, yeah. and check it out. So, yeah, I think this is a really. I think this is a no brainer. If you're absolutely. a person who has a couple of in depth articles on your site, spend, you know, a day and format them and you know put up an opt-in and see if it improves your conversion rate to get people to your email list. And shout out to our previous episode that was on content strategy, content salad strategy. If you want to if you're a person who has created no in-depth articles and you want to kind of hear how we think about those things and why they're so important and why our entire newsletter and uh, traffic to our website is based on these things, go listen to that episode because it's a really good foundational episode. For sure. Okay, this is one of our favorites, number six. Did we say we were going to go in-depth on six and then repeat the rest? I mean, we're at 30 minutes, so I feel like I'm actually getting a lot of messages right now as I'm saying this. Oh, people want us to keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of messages. Yeah, <laughs> Guys, I a have... lot of people have been asking, okay, in what the comments, skincare do I use? In the comments, I'm getting a lot of questions about my lashes. And so here's <laughs> the deal. They're eyelashes. You're welcome. Okay, number six. You do have better eyelashes than me. And it's, what? It really affects me sometimes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I always love when they show like doggo photos. Uh-huh. When it's like a dog and you look at the front face of the dog, you're like, couldn't even tell that dog has eyelashes. The dog turns to the side Whiskey, and they're like beautiful. six feet long. Yeah. Like they're so, they're like, they're, it's just like a landing pad for helicopters. Like they're so long and luscious. First of all, a landing pad for helicopters would be flat. You're doing like an incline motion. Yeah, but they just, they would like skid down from the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a helicopter's coming hot. Scroop. That just reminds me of that SNL skit. The scroop, the with. Okay, I'll show it to you. <laughs> Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Also, are these your favorite episodes when we do this? Because this is our favorite episodes. When it's like we give you some practical, but then also we go off we the rails about jams. God, we can't be serious for very long. We're like, helico- listen, yeah. we're giving business, you serious business, 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 business advice. And they're like, jam, farts. helicopters, farts, <laughs> lashes, long lashes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Number six. Blueprint number six. Can I guess? Ooh, fly on the wall. Fly on the wall. Yeah. One of our favorites. Okay. The fly on the wall blueprint concept is this. 
you give yourself a challenge or a project or something and then you just document it yep. and you create content around it and you ask people to opt in for information about that. Yeah, and this is this is our favorite number one marketing thing of all time. We absolutely love sharing the process. We love documenting what we've done to show other people exactly how it has gone down, the good, the bad, the ugly. And Wandering Aimfully is a perfect example of this. If you go to build.wanderingaimfully.com, we have kept that site up and live. I mean, it's mostly outdated at this point. Even like the branding has changed. Oh like my that. gosh, you'll, like, you'll love it though. If you want to see how, yeah. if you have not been in our ecosystem, um, or if you weren't in our ecosystem around 2018, this will be a brand new fun thing for you to look through. But we documented the entire process of what we thought would be five weeks of yeah, building Wandering yeah. Aimfully and turned into five months. And you can see how the branding came to be, the logo. You can see We've the content We've got unedited strategy. meetings that we recorded yep. and you can watch those. And so that to me is like, that's a big version. So sure, sure, sure. what we did with that is we basically set up this site before our existing site was ready. And we said, hey, enter your email. And every time we post a new update, we'll send you an email about it. So they could have just stayed on the site and seen one new blog post, but who like, who does that? You're a serial killer if you do that. <laughs> so you get on the email list or and you get updates. Or in like a time frozen moment from right. like 2003. Right, and you just love subscribe. You find Eight? the RSS feed 11? somewhere. When were blogs big? 2008 to 2011. They, yeah, they still 12. are. Uh, but another way to do this, uh, so my buddy Paul Jarvis and I did a one day fly on the wall challenge where we wanted to build just a product. And then we documented one blog post the entire day and did updates throughout the day on the post. And so we basically just said like, hey, check this out, like go here watch this thing go down and then enter your email if you want to buy the thing and we'll like, you know, whatever. Um, and you'd be shocked. I mean, we had like 500 people enter their email just to sign up to potentially buy this thing. Like they just showed interest. Now yep. granted that not that many people bought the product was a really stupid idea. It and so it stupid. didn't end up working out, but it, it just shows the propensity for people wanting to watch how things are made and how yep. they're built. So use the fly on the wall tactic. If you're someone who has the bandwidth because it does take extra work to document uh, it does take extra work to like think about how you're going to put that out, but it's also a really effective marketing strategy if you can keep up with it. Yeah. And it really is one of the fastest ways to build connection and loyalty and trust yeah. because people are seeing the process happen in real time, like in the trenches with you and they get really invested in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Moving on to marketing bridge number seven, the quiz blueprint. Maybe we'll stop at 10. Okay. Yeah. The quiz blueprint. So if you go to wanderingamefully.com right now, you will see our homepage is very simple and it all leads to this one action that we want people to take, which is to take our business roadblock quiz. Yeah. And this is a marketing bridge that has worked really effectively for us at the big, like I think of the bridge as the visual at the front end of the bridge. Yes. So rather than just having opt-in an opt-in on our homepage that said, sign up for our newsletter, the quiz really gets people kind of hooked into the newsletter. Um, and the way that we also think about this is not just some nonsensical, like what Harry Potter character are you right. quiz, but we really spent a lot of time trying to figure out what would be helpful. Like what would someone really, like I think of personality quizzes, for example, I really love personality quizzes, not just because it's the fun of saying like, oh, well, 
you know, fi- finding a quiz that feels like they really see you, but also the recommendations on the back end, like, okay, like the Enneagram. Right. Now that I know I'm an Enneagram four, how am I going to interact with you, my husband differently? How do I see myself? How do I show up better in my friendships? All that. So we created this business roadblock quiz that has five different, basically like archetypes that we've seen in people in our audience who struggle with different things in their business and stuff that we've struggled with too absolutely and so there's five different kind of types and we structured the quiz we use a um software called interact is the quiz software so we set it up and it tags people based on their answers and then what it does is it delivers a three-day email sequence with tips on how they can improve that so this bridges a bridge Exactly. Is what this does. So and, we we go from the quiz as just a way to get people. On the back end of the quiz, we have the email course added to exactly, it. Exactly. And then the newsletter. Yeah. So it's like you're really the the quiz part is really what helps the conversion percentage to get people on the email list. The email course part is really about delivering value and getting people interested right off the bat where they say, oh, these people know what they're talking about and I want I want to pay attention to these emails. Yep. And then the newsletter is really about just delivering content consistently and building trust. So again, you don't start out with this. Don't if you don't have a right, newsletter, don't right. start with the quiz but and it's then a do good, what we did. Yeah. But it's a good like up level. If you start yep. with the newsletter and then you go, okay, people are getting this, but I really want to bump up my conversion then maybe i'll try the lead magnet and then once i do that and i kind of optimize that then i'm gonna try to get the quiz on the front end of that and again this is also um i want to not forget my point which is conversion percentage Uh don't forget that but this is also a really good example of if you're someone who you have your online business you have your different things that you're doing you've got a lead magnet you've got an email course you've got um an epic blog post you know pdf to download you now have a quiz you want to create those are four things that you can now rotate through your Pinterest promotion, your Instagram promotion, your email newsletter promotion, the banners on the top of your website. Think about these things as rotating marketing opportunities for mm-hmm. you to do. Okay, so that's the one thing. Conversion percentage. So for us, just to give you a very concrete number of why the quiz works. So our overall site conversion percentage from traffic to email subscribers was 0.2%. So low. So we were getting, basically it was like, 20 subscribers this a is week back when we just had the email just form. the email opt-in just, oh yeah that's it was just a form yeah. and it said hey and it was the the language in the form was optimized right. and it was it, it was problem solution and everything but it was just a form yeah so we were averaging 20 new subscribers per week um and just to give you some context back in the jason does stuff and made vibrant days i think we were both averaging like 100 to 200 subscribers a week yeah. so user behavior has just changed, right? People yeah. are not just looking for email subscribe forms to sign up for. Right. Plus wondering if it feels more like a business and those two other sites maybe felt more personal. Sure. But anyway, so we went, we switched it up to this quiz. We reduced the our homepage down to this extremely simple, let's just solve a problem for people quiz. And now we also included in the welcome ad, uh, on the top of all of our articles, we average now 120 subscribers per week. Yep. So our traffic conversion uh, has gone from 0.2 to like 1.1, something like that, yep. which is fantastic. We've basically five to six X'd our email subscriber Also percentage. yours might be much higher. We get a lot of traffic to our site on articles that some of those articles are My not- My 90 day challenge. <laughs> basically Jason's 90 day challenge that is not very well suited, but we get, you know, some uh, every trickle once in over. A while, every once in a while you get a couple people. But the important thing to note is not the- 
number itself and to compare yourself to our site because there's so many factors but right. to but to see that the, our bump that went up yeah that absolutely change. so my my point to all that would be if you feel like your site conversion from traffic to email has really just like kind of fallen flat like you've done a couple things and maybe you haven't done a quiz or, or whatever try one and really compare to see how the two kind of compare to each other and what kind of bump you got cool all right okay Marketing budget number eight, the partnership blueprint. So this is really about teaming up with someone who has an audience as well that you both can benefit from having some cross promotion. Yep. And this can look a lot of different ways. Is it a joint uh, workshop? Is it a video series where you collaborate? Yep. Is it a joint email series? A joint email series. Yeah. Like what is it? But it's something where you, you can tap into their audience and they can tap into yours. And, um, you know, the idea being that, and you have to work out some type of agreement where, okay, you don't be the person who does like some type of joint thing and just puts all of their people on your email list. Right. Like, don't do that. Right. Um, but you know, it's about, I, I think for people who especially want to make connections, teaming up and collaborating with other people, like the extroverts out there is, this is a really great one that you might gravitate towards because maybe you do want to just make connections with other people in your, your industry. Yeah. And let me give you two examples of how you could make this happen. So one, this would be the easier, probably faster way, which is the two of you are going to get on a call together. Let's say you use like Crowdcast or whatever, Zoom, and you're going to host a workshop on something. Uh, let's say it's on digital planners. Let's just take that as our example. So you're going to talk about creating digital planners, putting them up on Etsy and, you know, selling digital planners. So the two of you host that call together. You both promote it to your emails, your social, et cetera. You get people to sign up for the call. You then host the call. And then afterwards, what I would do, and this is what I've done in the past many times, is you send out an email to that that full list of people and just one person could do this and you say, Hey, thanks for attending the workshop. If there's a follow-up or whatever, do those things. Um, if you don't want to get added to our list, click here and we'll make sure not to add you. And all you have to do is just then set a tag on them or whatever you want to do. And then you give them the chance to opt out of not being added to your list and you make it very clear. So that's one very quick way to, to kind of like set up the partnership thing through the workshop to the email, et cetera. Right. Second one, and this one's just, a, again, we like to tack these different uh, bridges together. So what I would do, and I've done this with other people as well, is create an email course together. Maybe it's about, again, teaching digital planner stuff, whatever. You don't want to do a workshop. You don't like getting on video. you got a three email course. The two of you are going to do some fun stuff in those emails. You create one landing page. That landing page has an opt-in to download or get on the, get the email course. And then at the end of the email course, you kind of do the same thing, right? Like you go through the offer and everything else and you just say, hey, if you don't want to be added to our list moving forward, you're going to get added to mine and theirs. Click here to not get added to those things. But that's a really great way to tack these two together is you do a partnership, but then you also have an email course that you guys are working on together. Yeah, and you're promoting and you get double the promotion power because you're both promoting the same thing. Absolutely. So you're using the power of both of your audiences to help both of you. Yep. Um, okay. Moving on to marketing bridge number 10. Number nine. We just, that was number nine. Oh, okay. My bad. That's okay. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. Nope. 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 Yeah. 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 What's up? I had already scrolled ahead while uh -huh. you were talking and marketing bridge number nine. I bet people were just screaming. They were like, you did it. I bet you unload the dishwasher by doing the utensils first, you crazy person. Are you a utensils first or a utensils last? Instagram is telling me that the majority of our peeps are utensils last. Really? Yeah. I find it so hard to believe. But they're with you on, they do bottom drawer first. You gotta I do, do top drawer, drawer first. first. 
Yeah. Why wow, do you think you do top drawer first? It's efficient. Also, I don't want to bend over Why is so it far. Because it's up top. It's the first thing you do. I have to do extra work to go down low. I'm so tall. Come on, man. It's right there. <laughs> okay. Marketing bridge number nine is the group challenge blueprint. So I used this for many, many, many yes. years on to sell my better lettering course. This was my primary marketing bridge. I created this is before Instagram challenges were like all over the place. But this is I did a, a um, monthly challenge with different prompts, lettering prompts. And if you signed up with your email address, you got the prompt list. You got like you felt like you were part of the community. Blah, blah, oh, you got entered for the. Um, there was, a there was a prize pack every yeah. thing. So I did that and then it got people on the, the email list and then it sold the better lettering course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea of a group challenge is just create a challenge that people can feel a part of and create some type of reason why they would need to e enter their email address in order to be a part of the challenge. So whether it's sending out, you know, a weekly video about the challenge or getting access to like a calendar or yep. a prompt list or something that is enticing them to be, um, to opting in, but a lot of times that can get people excited about your content and make sure that there's a clear kind of result and a reason why someone would want to challenge themselves with this challenge. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really great way just to create some community, create some interaction. Uh, I think you definitely learned from doing this that like doing it every single month is a lot of work. So maybe just set yourself up to do this twice per year yep. and you just go, okay, we're doing the spring challenge, group challenge, or we're doing the yep. fall group challenge. Yep. And you lay it all out, you have some fun with it, you do a giveaway, whatever you're going to do. And it's really, I think the thing with group challenges is it's going to be less about selling a thing. It's going to be more about building your list. Yeah. And and we just even saw if that you, even if you sell your thing on the back end of it later on, exactly. You know that's a good strategy as well. Is like maybe this is a spring way for you to really get excitement around your list, and then a couple weeks after the challenge ends, that's when you do your big sales push. Yeah, you know what. I wanted to do 10, but I don't think I'm good with nine. Okay, great. I think I want to leave the last four for them to find in our article. Just like a leave them wanting more. Great. You know? Well, should I just say what they are though? Sure. So marketing bridge number 10 is the workshop, aka webinar blueprint. Yep. So get some. That's a favorite of ours. The marketing bridge number 11 is the video series blueprint. So yep. again, these are all just different forms of media for you to get deliver value. The marketing bridge number 12 is the free trial blueprint. Ooh, yeah. I love this one yeah, yeah, yeah. because a lot what of people it? think of free trials for only software products. Right. No, 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 no. It also applies to what is like a free window that you can, um, you know, give people a look at whatever your product is or yeah. your offer is. Um, I think that's a great one. And then marketing bridge number 13 is the cool microsite Ooh, blueprint. Yeah, that one. If, uh, if you guys saw our... Wayne exposed, exposed idea That's that we did last year. That. that was an example of that. Boy, that didn't work out well, but just was, do a better job than we did. <laughs> it was so fun to do though. No, it really was. Uh, so if you want to get a breakdown of all these, because we break them down, this is basically like an epic article. Go to wanderingamefully.com slash marketing. You can bookmark that article. You can come back. It gives you 13. And let's even say the first two are kind of throw away simple foundation things. It's 11 marketing ideas that you can work through. If you just tried one of those every month, you now have a marketing plan for almost a year of things you can do and try. And I guarantee you that you will 10X your subscribers and maybe even your sales of your products if you were to try all of these in the course of the next year, because I guarantee in the last year, you did not do 11 marketing promotion ideas. And, and these things will set you up for the long term. Like our quiz, we have talked about so many times 
oh, let's redesign the Wandering Aimfully site. Let's do something fun and different. And we have this itch because that's just what you do when you're a creative person. But it's working. Yeah. It is working. It is a business where we get traffic to a site. They convert to emails through the quiz. We sell things twice a year. They buy those things. People like us. We send value through a newsletter. Why blow it up? And and this is something that, yes, just redesigning the website is not going to blow that whole thing up. But it's also a distraction from just yes. staying lean and staying the course and doing what works. Absolutely. So I uh, hope you enjoy those. Again, one last time, wanderinginfo.com slash marketing. Now you want to talk about our movies? Oh, sure. You almost forgot about our movies, didn't I you? I almost did. We got to do our movie update. Whether people are done with the episode now and they move on to the next pod, we like talking about our movies. Next That's pod. fun thing for us. So uh, this weekend, our movies came together way late. Uh, I mean, as, they have the past couple, but... Yeah, they came together way late. Uh, I mean, after like a year and almost a half of doing movies, like you're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel on a lot of things. And you'll hear we scraped the barrel Yeah, on this but, one. but that's where you get the good That's where you get some... You do. Okay, so the first movie we watched was Mars Attacks. Yeah, we have some controversial thoughts on Mars Attacks. Uh, maybe we don't. Maybe I don't know. it's not controversial, but yeah. I... Okay, we, we... I don't like... I don't like it. Oh, yeah. As a movie... It's not a good movie. Right. But here's the thing that people, Mars Attacks lovers out there are going to be like, it's not meant to be a good movie. It's supposed, by the way, this is Tim Burton. Right. It's supposed to be like, sort of like a parody of like a, from what I can tell, a 1950s B movie. Yeah. Like there's, and I get it. I get all of that. But just if you take the like art, art intention away from it of what the like author intent, you know, the filmmaker intended for it to be. As a viewer, I the whole first half of the movie is very almost borderline boring. Oh. Except for the fact that you see all of these big name actors yeah. in these vignettes of like things happening. I realized I think I don't think I laughed once at the movie. I think I laughed at us <clears throat> laughing at the movie. Yeah. Like no, it, I did it laugh wasn't at- something funny. It was just something that was like that like I what got are we a watching? couple of laughs, but it was like very few. Yeah, one was at the very end where they both are the just the heads and they yeah. were trying to kiss. They were trying that to roll funny. back around. Yeah, but like you know, I just a lot of the times I like to go into it with zero expectations of if I'm supposed to like a movie or right. not. And there's a part of me that that like thinks I should like this movie because it's like kind of, it's campy right. and it's like a cult you know classic type of thing that people like. And you read some of these reviews on IMDb and people are passionate yeah, about yeah, yeah. how bad, how good it is for being bad. And they we also, love, we love a good bad movie. We love a good bad yeah. movie, but like not when it's like intentionally trying to be bad. It yeah. Just, it just, it really didn't hit for us. And maybe it's just the type of humor and I don't know. It's just, yeah. just for us. Like for what it's worth, I do remember when it came out, when I was like in the nineties, I found it very entertaining. I remember I found it very entertaining at the time. Yeah. So maybe for like a kid's brain, it was like a lot of like nonsensical, absurdist things happening. I think also when that movie came out, I mean, it was just absurd, right? So it was just so different than everything else. So in that frame, and that's Tim Burton to a T. Yeah. Uh, There's a T in Burton, by the way, and in Tim. Wow. Tim Burton. I'll tell you who's the standout for me in that movie, though, is Annette Bening, who is kind of the flighty, like um, spiritual character. She, Annette Benning is like a very serious actress yeah. and she just plays that character. I, I didn't even recognize her until like very far into yeah. the movie. So I just anyway, also stand out for me. My one weird thing about that movie is Jack Nicholson plays two characters. Yeah. The we president don't really get why. and then like a hotelier. And 
it's just like well, just hire another actor for the other role like it's just super weird uh it's anyway so mars attacks i would say definitely not recommend unless you have like some fond memory and you want to rewatch it and see if it lives yeah up. or like no i like get why people like the movie i just it's not for us it's like, one of those if like you love absurdist humor if you yeah. love campy stuff if you love over-the-top bad stuff definitely watch it and you'll enjoy it yeah but... i would just say i will never watch that movie again great no, but that's um, like, yeah. did you ever watch it again? No. Yeah, that's how I rate that movie. Yeah. Okay, but the second movie, I will probably watch again at some <laughs> point. All right, I I watched. This I is a movie that's like bad, but doesn't is not trying to be bad. No, but it's just so bad. Good. Yeah, it almost fits in the like Jean Claude Van Damme category. It does. It it's really almost. does. Uh, JCVD, we love you. You could have seen Russell oh, Crowe's character for as JCVD, sure, for like sure, 100%. or Jim Carrey. It's like a mashup of yeah, the two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie is called Virtuosity. It's, Have you ever heard of it? It stars Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Yep. It is also the first movie appearance of one. Kaylee Cuoco. Kaylee Cuoco. She's a, like a seven or 11-year-old child. Something like that. We're not sure. Uh, the premise of the movie is this. I will share with you. Set in 1999, in cyberspace, a avatar named Sid 6.7 gets into the real world and... Uh, ex-cop Denzel Washington has to be brought out from prison to He's, bring him down yeah, in real no, life. Okay, you you missed so many important. Well, parts I just I had to give synopsis. like a quick. I had to give no, a quick. You did. You did. Yeah, but yeah. here are the descriptors I would have Don't added. Don't say I missed. Just say here, here I want to add addendums. some stuff. Sure, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. You you did great. I want you to hear me. You Let the record great. show I didn't miss a whole bunch you of did things. Great. You just have additional things. Okay, to add. I think additional things that are important <laughs> because to this know. movie was so great. Because it was so great. Exactly. Is that. Sid 6.7 is an amalgamation of like 200 different personality types of like crazy serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, because of Daryl, because of Daryl, 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 the developer, Daryl, the developer made him. And he, so he's like all these weird, you know, crazy criminal people together in this one, like sadistic, uh, virtual reality personality person. Yeah. Also one of the people who's in his 200 personality types is this really bad guy who basically, murdered Denzel Washington's family when he yeah. was a cop. Yeah. And he he was like taunting Denzel Washington's character and he had to like go after him and then he killed his family and so he's got this vengeance but then he got behind bars. Yeah. He had to be sent to prison and so now Denzel. Oh, Denzel, yeah. the only person who can catch this real this like avatar in the real world is Denzel. They take him out of prison and he has to chase him down and boy. What a movie. Also, you know we said cuz we love Denzel so love much. Denzel. But I would love to know the number of mo- movies that Denzel has been a police officer. Yes. Also, when they ho- give him back his badge, it says detective. And I'm like, oh, Come it's on. even better. Because he's on. always yeah. a detective. Yeah. Uh, he just plays it so well. It's a it's a really well done... Like, that movie to me deserves so much more credit than it gets. And I don't know why it fell flat. I don't know if it's just the time. I don't know if like it... But watching it in 2021... It's a super entertaining yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, the graphics are cheesy. Of course. The acting is cheesy. Yeah, There's of course. this whole scene with Russell Crowe in a nightclub where he's, like, acting like he's, yeah. like, a DJ and he's making, like, a, a Horror song soundtrack. with yeah. people's, like, Screams. Scre- screams. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a little violent. I would say that. It is. Yeah, it is a little violent. We're little in the violent. 90s here. Any action movie is going to be a little I wanna violent. I want to say that. I like yeah. to give people, like, a little bit yeah. of a warning because I don't really like violence. Um, but sometimes if it's so over the top, right. I can... Like it's, Terminator. Right. It's, it's just, like it's so over the top. You're like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like to warn people about it. Um, but this is just a... I enjoyed it. It's a ge- it is a gem of a gem. I am guessing that the majority of people listening to this podcast have never heard of this movie. Uh, I, I had never heard of it. I had 
seen its tile, but I had never watched it. Uh, and Russell Crowe's performance is just... He's it's, very over the top. Oh, yeah. It's is, just hilarious. Great. It's great. Oh, what a movie. What a gem. There's a little bit of... I Also, another warning. There's this whole scene in the beginning. Do you remember when there's like the white supremacist guy yeah, in, it's the, like unnecessary. in the prison yeah. that fights Denzel? And I'm like, this is really not necessary. I get they were trying to go for like... It's not a, too it's far, prison, though. Yeah. But you just... Yeah, listen yeah less less of that please yeah um but yeah what was the what was the the fact that you read in the um trivia trivia about women in lead roles or something what it was like someone wouldn't do the lead role because no it was violence it was um somebody what was it do you remember what it was somebody they Maybe it was Warren Beatty they asked him to be in the movie, and he said that he wouldn't do it because of violence. No, I was asking about the thing that was like there couldn't be a woman lead in like this type of movie or something. You, there was some trivia that we're like, really, like back in like '96. Oh no, I know exactly what it was. The trivia said that there was a scene the the female character who's like Denzel Washington's co lead actress who basically is like this um, like psychologist yeah. that it comes along with him to help catch the bad guy. She's white, and yeah. it says in the trivia that, oh, Den- right. that there was a kiss, that's and Denzel right. Washington apparently said um, they should take it out because it would hurt the box office, yeah. having an interracial love angle. Ridiculous. Which, A, I don't know if that's true, right? Because, right. like, who knows? Yeah. But B, so awful that if that is true that denzel washington as a black man has to say yeah has to acknowledge the reality of the racist era that he is living in to say that was actually this will hurt the movie if they show us kissing which this was why it was worth to come back to that because that was such a like when you read that it just made me shake my head and just it's just so ridiculous that that was just 20 years ago basically yeah well i tell you this all the time I, I think this, uh, like, I remember very distinctly. Now we're just, like, off oh, on wow, a tangent. Wow, but wow, wow. I remember very distinctly, because I was in, like, the advertising world at the time, when the Cheerios ad came out that had an interracial family um, in the Cheerios ad as, like, the family in the ad. And people, there was, like, an uproar about it. And I'm like, I remember this being, like, not that long ago. Yeah, and you're just like, what? Like, okay. Like, that. that is how... Not People were mad along. that this family was poisoning themselves with Cheerios. Yeah, they yeah they should have been mad about just the complete <laughs> lack of garbage. nutritional yeah. value of no, Cheerios. But instead of, of instead yeah. of focusing on that, but yeah, it's just a reminder that you know we really have not come very far, yeah. and it really was not that long ago that this was um, you know still a thing that wasn't accepted and still is not accepted yeah. in a lot of different ways in our society. And so, just a reminder of why we have to keep making it top of mind, keep pushing for equality, yep. keep practicing anti- anti-racism. On that note, to wrap this up, sorry if we went to a place that you didn't expect there. You know, we talked about jams earlier. We got to even it out. We're talking <laughs> about serious stuff. Uh, Mars Attacks, skip it, unless you really love it. Virtuosity, definitely watch just for like a fun, throwaway Saturday night, great movie. Yeah, that's the type of campy that we can do. Additional recommendation. Ooh. We are through the first uh, episode or part of Amend on Netflix. Yep which uh, the first episode was about the 14th Amendment. Don't know if the whole thing is about the 14th Amendment, but so well done. We both multiple times throughout the first episode, which I think was an hour long, paused, talked to each other, complimented just how well the graphics were done and the storytelling was done. And Mahershala Ali was amazing. And just, just such, and also just like the, 
relearning of the actual history behind like yeah. Frederick Douglass, who's the first episode is really about. Yeah, and the Gettysburg Address and the Emancipation Proclamation and Lincoln's role and Lincoln's relationship with Frederick Douglass and how all of that comes to be. Like my biggest takeaway from that was so often, you know, Lincoln, I feel like is celebrated as the you know, the great emancipator, like yeah. the person who, you know, basically ended slavery. And it's like, no, no, no. It's a reminder that he very much a had his goal was politics. His goal yeah. was keeping the country together, but that if people like Frederick Douglass did not exist in order to, you know, change his heart and his mind and to keep pushing for freedom and to keep pushing for, you know, black people to be considered citizens and, uh, humans treated that way um that progress would not have happened yeah. and it you know is time for us to see history in the fullest picture that we can and see the different perspectives that have been you know relegated to the sidelines and um also, and to not whitewash history basically. can we just redo all the faces on our money please like it's time I don't know. I would have to look into like all the reasons I know, why. I, but like, just like, come on. Yeah, because I I did see some things about. I don't know. Well, we, we that's a whole <laughs> different thing. But I need yeah. to do more research on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but not that I not that I wouldn't want to, obviously. But I remember seeing a couple of things it's about difficult. about Harriet yeah. Tubman being yeah. on the you know twenty dollar bill in, in some of the why that that may not have been what she would have wanted. Anyway, right. all these things. Also, who has cash anymore? I don't have cash, you know, but I just like in principle, I don't want, you know, whatever. So anyway, yes, Amend is Amend great. Is we're enjoying it. We yeah. are learning a lot. And this is this is why these conversations for us are hard to record something about because it's just like there is so much to unpack and talk about. So I think eventually we want to do a full episode on, on what Absolutely. we've learned, especially and, in the past year. And I think I am becoming a lot more comfortable with admitting that I, you know, being okay talking about things and not knowing the full picture. Right. Because I think as white people, we don't do, we don't do the world any service by being scared to talk about these things or being afraid of um, not knowing the right thing to say. And it's like, that doesn't help move the conversation forward. So you and I have talked about like, our goal is just to show up, have the messy conversations, do the actual work offline of learning what we can, of having conversations, of, you know really consciously trying to examine our own belief systems and to yeah like I said show up and say what we've learned and we hope that's valuable for you but we're having these conversations every single day in our household yeah. and um my hope is that we can all continue to do that and maybe and take actions and hopefully that that moves the needle forward yeah. to a more just and equal society hope you don't mind that i threw that in there but i just thought that we were so impacted by that first episode i wanted to share it and this is a platform Absolutely. where we can share stuff and just as a pure purely creative element uh it's a really like fresh and modern take on like a documentary style yeah. i was like if i would have seen this in history class in like high school i would have been so much more engaged than just i might have paid attention yeah exactly. maybe i doubt it but might have <laughs> yeah. yeah uh all right everybody that'll do it for this episode we hope you enjoyed that wandering journey as Boy, we always take we through every episode some we got some jams we got some marketing stuff we talked about the history of cinnabon cinnabon <laughs> Talked about some anti-racism stuff. I mean, Virtuosity. What a great movie. Should have won a Golden Globe, if you're asking me. Is that a thing that movies win? Yeah. Golden Globes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What about Speaking a Tony? Speaking of Golden Globes, are we're recording this on Sunday. This that's is tonight? We, that's tonight. Could it win a Tony as well? Although, actually, 
Speaking of anti-racism, I think I just read an article that said there are zero people of color in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, Great. which are people who vote for that. Great. So. Great. All right. Let's wrap this up. Maybe we won't watch it. I don't watch those things anyway, just because it's a, you know, like our friend just, Amy Poehler said, you don't do it for the pudding. That's right. And yeah. if you have read Amy Poehler's book. Yes, I can. Yes, yes, we are. We are. Yes, something. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Right? I don't know. If you've read that. It was many it's years great. ago. Then yeah. you know what the pudding is. And yeah. it's, you don't do it for the pudding. All right. Wrapping up the wrap up. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you next week with another episode. And we love your faces and you're great. And thank you so much. Always appreciate the comments, the reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you listen, they are helpful. Please feel free to leave one of those for us if you enjoyed this episode. And go check out the blog post just as a reminder, wanderinginfo.com slash marketing if you actually wanted to go back and recap and uh, get some marketing ideas. Okay? See you next time. Bye.